We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Alrighty, guys, I am Andrew Robinson here with the Field of 68. And on today's episode of Off the Carousel, I am pleased to be joined by the new Alabama State head men's basketball coach, Tony Madlock. Coach, thank you for joining us today, man. What's up? What's up, Andrew? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm definitely uh, happy to have you on, man. You know, I'm always, always excited to talk to uh, another HBCU head coach, man, talk to some uh, HBCU basketball, man. But we're going to go ahead and get right into it, man, you know. But obviously, you know, before we get into, you know, the, the your program at Alabama State, man, taking over that job, man, I want to talk about you, Coach, because, you know, you were a player, man, and, you know, you, you're born in Memphis, obviously went to the University of Memphis and everything like that, man, and you still have the record, as I understand, for, for total games played at the University of Memphis, went to a Elite Eight run there. So, man, I want to ask you, man, like, just talk about your journey into coaching, man, and talk about your playing career and kind of, you know, how you came to be sitting here in this seat today. Yeah, but I appreciate you having me on. But but it started, man. Of course, I'm I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, attended Melrose High School, man, one of the most traditional African American high schools in the city of Memphis. Uh, so, and then from there, I was able to to have a basketball scholarship to go to. It was Memphis State at the time. So uh, now, of course, it's the University of Memphis, but Memphis State at the time, and and was there for four years, man, a three year starter. And and uh, my senior year, we made a good run to the Elite Eight, and and from there, I went and played one year overseas, and. Then I went back and started coaching and teaching at my old high school at Melrose High School, and then uh, and then I got into college from there. And I've been a college coach for for open by starting my twenty seventh year now of being a college basketball coach. Nice, nice, nice. Now, man, I, I want to ask you because obviously, you know, uh, you asked how Carolina State, you know, last season, and uh, you decided to make the jump over to Alabama State. 
Um, what went into kind of taking this job? Like, you know, why why now did you elect to take this job and um, you know start this new journey? Well, it was it was tough to leave South Carolina State. It was my of course my first uh, head coaching job. Uh, got a chance to 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 be part of an HBCU experience, which I've never been a part of. Uh, so that was exciting. Uh, everything about you know trying to turn a program around at South Carolina State the first year. You know, went from you know the year before I got there, I won one game. Uh, we won 15 games this past year at South Carolina State. So uh, it was it was a great journey, man. And and, and uh, but I had you know it was a, it was opportunity for me uh, for you know a better situation for me and my family. I was able to get back closer to Memphis. Uh, so I was excited. So I'm excited about this new this new journey. It's an, it's another same kind of a rebuild. Uh, where we got you know I think one uh, nine games this past year, four games the year before that. So it's it's a rebuild, uh, but we're up to the challenge. Yep. Now obviously you're going to be heading into the SWAC this season. Um, kind of what do what you look at most most forward to? Obviously playing in the SWAC compared to the MIAC last season. Well, the SWAC you know of course it has more teams. Yep. Uh, more teams and you know it's it's one of those deals that you know but everybody has good players. You know, the, the MEAC has really good players. The SWAC has really good players. So we're excited about it, man. It's just a, it's a new journey uh, for me and my family. And, and now it's it's about getting players and, and finding a way to to compete and, and get Alabama State where it needs to be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, obviously, man, um, one of the hottest topics right now around college basketball is, is NIL. And everybody's talking about, you know, how players can kind of uh, be compensated using their name, image, likeness. Obviously, being at a smaller school and kind of being, you know, at an HBCU, uh, how are you looking forward to kind of utilizing these NIL opportunities for your, for your student athletes uh, at, at Alabama State? I think it's going to be pretty good for us. Uh, first of all, uh, we're Adidas school. Alabama State is Adidas school. And this year in the fall, in, in August, they're going to start uh, uh, basically a program that with all their power five schools that are Adidas schools and the HBCUs that are Adidas schools. So we're going to be part of that groundbreaking for Adidas and the, the name, image, and likeness. So we're excited about that and then it's, it's so many opportunities with with uh with fans and, and and job opportunities so we're excited about the process of trying to put something together where our student athletes can 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 benefit from it yep. now obviously like, I, I think you know from from my perspective obviously uh just watching how things have kind of unfolded over the last couple couple of days and weeks it seems like uh down south man there's seems to be a lot more opportunities for nil man i don't know if it's because of kind of the economy down there maybe people are more inclined to kind of support their local sports teams but um, have you have you found that, you know, being down there in Alabama, obviously everybody knows about, you know, Alabama football and, and how much of football state lives down there. But um, have you found that maybe like the, the the people and the fans down there are kind of supportive of, of basketball and, and the program and, and kind of ways to kind of give back to the, to, the, to the school in that way? Well, I think it starts with football. I think it all starts with football because you think about the SEC. You think about the SEC and what it has and what it's done for football, college football around the country. And I think it just kind of, you know, uh, breaks off from there. And with basketball, you know, being in the South, uh, being around, you know, great programs like Alabama State has a great fan support, a great alumni base. And the city of Montgomery is, is, is an up and coming city. So I think it's a lot of different opportunities. Yep. Great, great. Now, I wanted to ask you, Coach, obviously, you know, um, you mentioned last year was your first year coaching at an HBCU. And obviously now you're continuing at HBCU, Alabama State. Uh, last year, we saw the, the first ever, you know, HBCU All-Star Weekend Showcase with, you know, uh, Howard and Morgan State playing up there. It seems that there has been a, a concerted effort to kind of get HBCU hoops kind of on more of a, a national platform. Um, for you, what do you think still has to be done to kind of get people talking more about HBCU basketball? Because, you know, as you and I both know, man, I mean, there's tons and tons of talent, whether it's the MEAC or the SWAC or even Division II, CIAA, all that kind of stuff, man. Um, what do you think as a coach needs to be done to kind of continue to push HBCUs to the forefront of college basketball? Well, it's starting to happen. Like you said, the, the all-star game they had, 
the, the games they had during the all, NBA All-Star game was big, had a lot of attention to it. Uh, the, the HBCU All-Star game that they did at the Final Four this past year, where Travis Williams was heading that up, uh, it was a big-time event. Uh, happened in, in the city of New Orleans. It was the first annual, and it was it was a great response. Had a great sponsor behind it, uh, and I think he's going to keep that going. So those are the type of things that you know put that national spotlight on it. Whereas uh, like that that the All Star Game this past or during the Final Four was on CBS. So you know, so anytime you can get that type of exposure, then it, it does a lot for the HBCU and for our programs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I got to ask you also, man, about your time, man, uh, when you were coaching at Memphis. Obviously, you know, you you played at Memphis, but what was it like for you to kind of reunite with your college teammate, you know, Penny Hardaway, and be able to come back to your alma mater, man, and, and have an opportunity to, to coach there? Well, that was great, man. Of course, you know, playing with Penny, uh, that's the year that we made our elite run, uh, eight, elite eight run, uh, my senior year, which was his his freshman year. So we made a great run that year. And then when he got the job at Memphis, of course, you know, I'd always been recruiting his high school teams, his AAU teams. And we were all, you know, he's one of my guys. So, you know, we were always talked on a regular basis. And when he was able to get that the head coaching job at Memphis, of course, I was one of the first phone calls he made. And of course, I was excited about being able to, to take my family and go back to Memphis. Uh, so it was, just, it was a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Now, Coach, man, I got to ask, man, you got any, any crazy penny stories you can remember from, from, from back, in, back in, the, the, in the college days at Memphis? Well, I can I can tell you this. You know, he was the number one high school recruit in the country when he came to Memphis. And of course, we played AAU together. We, you know, uh, you know, the city of Memphis, one of those cities that if you're a hooper, you got to know who each other, who the hoopers are. And so uh, I always played pickup with him, AAU, all that stuff. So he comes on campus. He was the number one uh, recruit in the country. And, you know, everybody we saw ask that question. Is he really that good? Because you know how it is when somebody when you have a, a number one behind your name, you know, right. people want to say, is he overrated? Is he this? He was the real deal from day one. When he walked on campus uh, at Memphis State at the time, he was the best player in the gym every single day. Uh, so and, and so it was just, you know, it was, it was an honor. It was it was a big time to be able to play beside him. And uh, it's the reason why he, you know, he was a he was an NBA first teamer. Now, for you, Coach, um, what is your definition of, of success? Like, what does that look like at, at a school like Alabama State? Obviously, you know, everybody's goal is to reach the NCAA tournament, obviously, and, and go dance and stuff like that. But, you know, for you, man, if, if, you know, five years down the line, you can say, man, like, I was able to have success here at Alabama State. What, what would that look like for you? Yeah, I think, first of all, you, you got to find a way to win the league. You got to win, you gotta win, this, win the SWAC. Uh, if you win the SWAC, then you got to find a way to win that tournament, the SWAC tournament, then get to that dance. Uh, and you need to be you need to be a program that that every every year, every other year, you're always in that conversation. You know, you're in the top three or four in the league. Uh, you're, you're vying for a championship every other year, every year. Uh, then you got to find a way to get to that dance. That's the most important thing. Get to that dance and, and then and see and go what, what happens from there. Uh, Coach, man, uh, I, I, I got I to ask you one one more question, man. This is a uh, courtesy of, of my guy, Jeff Goodman, man. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he wants to ask, man, like. Obviously, you've been at Ole Miss, been at Memphis, been at a bunch of places, obviously. Um, what is your craziest recruiting story that you have, man, from being on the recruiting trail trying to trying to secure a kid? Uh, but you're putting me on the spot because uh, it, it's been a, it's been a lot of it. I'm trying to think back. Um, probably probably at Memphis, uh, at, at Memphis, you know, when you get the job there. And of course, everybody knows Penny Hardaway. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a lot easier to get in, in a door. To, uh, to make that first initial phone call. Because like I said, I was, I was at Ole Miss, I was at Auburn, uh, of course, high level programs, uh, at UTEP, uh, that's a really good program. And, and, and so anytime that you made that first initial phone call, 
and you say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm uh, assistant coach at University of Memphis. And then you would say something like uh, Penny Hardaway is my head coach. It goes to a whole nother level. It goes to, I mean, it, go, it goes to, hey, Penny's your coach. Uh, how can we get on the phone with him? You know, when can he come see us? So I think that it, it goes to the point where anytime that Penny is involved in a situation on recruiting and you see what he's doing at Memphis, you know, it's, it's a reason why he's had the number one recruiting class twice in his four years that you get a chance to, that, that a parent, uh, especially around our age, in that 50 range, they want to meet Penny Hardaway. They want to get a chance to, to see Penny Hardaway. And then those kids, now they're talking about his shoes. They're talking about, you know, the things that, you know, and, uh, and all of the highlights that they've seen. Them. So I would just say, so nothing crazy. It's just the fact that when you make that phone call and you say, I, I work at the University of Memphis, I work at Memphis, and they, they want to they get on the phone with Penny. They want to meet Penny in person. Sure, sure. Now, another question just, just came to my mind, Coach. Um, and I can remember this from, from my time playing at, at Coppin State, man. I think, and obviously, uh, Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated did a big major story about this, uh, detailing kind of the, the Coppin State experience this year. But um, obviously, everybody knows that HBCUs, man, like the, the the whole buy games thing, like, you know, a large majority of our non-conferences has to be, you know, going on the road and playing these Power 5 schools because – we have to fund our, our athletic department. Literally, you know, all these, the money that we guarantee, you know, in these non-conference games literally can, can kind of go to our schedule. But one of the downsides of that is one, you know, fatigue, you guys can be on the road. I remember we were on the road for like 10 days straight at one point. We went to Little Chicago, Northern Kentucky, uh, Northern Illinois, then we flew out west to Pacific, all yeah, like yeah. NBA type style road trip, man. And um, so the, the the travel, the fatigue and everything, man, is like oftentimes, man, like if you're playing these power five schools, ACC schools, man, it, 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 it's tough to get wins too, you know. I think sometimes, you know, um, people kind of see the records and like, oh, well, these, these teams might have 10, 15 losses. They must not be very good. And yeah. um, I think it kind of kind of uh, distorts the, the image of, of kind of how good these teams are a lot of times in HBCU basketball. So my question to you, Coach, is like, you know, for you, man, do you think that there's anything that can be done? Because obviously, you know, we, we want to play the best of the best. You know, obviously, you know, we want to compete at the highest level. You want to bring in that money for your athletic department. But – I mean, that is kind of a tough ask, you know, for a lot of the HBCU programs to be able to, to sustain these type of schedules, you know. So I kind of just want to get your, your thoughts on that um, and that whole kind of dynamic there. Well, I think, first of all, that the, the, the administration, the athletic director, the presidents, uh, they have to they have to know that and they have to be aware that 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 we have to go on the road and we have to play. You know, it's going to be anywhere from from eight to 12, you know, high major games. You know, and anytime you're going on the road at, at a power five school or high major program, I mean, you're expect, you expect you, it's, it's, it's hard to win those games. I don't care how well you play, uh, but it's a reason why that those those players that you're going to be playing against are at those schools. Right, so, right. you know, you're going to be playing against the best of the best. And so I think the administration has to understand, OK, yeah, we're going in there. We're going to we're going to get this, this money for the program because we all need it. We understand that. But we got to make sure now, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of times where HBCU schools are going to start there league playoff and they're going to be they're going to be 0 and 10 they're going to be 0 and 12 they're going to be 2 and 10 you know and so you like you said you can't look at that and say hey they're not very good you know you got to know that they're going on the road to play those first 10 to 12 games and that's a, that's a challenge so for the administration to be patient to know that it's part of it uh and then well but the, like you said also but it, it beats the kids up sometimes you know so now you know where's the confidence that now you know you're 0 and 10 and now you got to start league play you know, how can you get these guys to believe in what you're saying? So that's part of our job. You know, that's why we were hired to do it. And so, you know, we, we know what it is. So, but we, we've got to find out a way to make sure that find a way to try to find a way to win a game, one of those money games, first of all, 
And then whatever happens from there, you got to be able to keep your team in the, in the proper mindset. For sure. For sure. Now, I got to ask you, Coach, man, um, you know, you're, you, you've been around this business for a long time. You know, you, you've seen a lot of things. And um, one of the other things that I've, I've heard a lot of nowadays, obviously you have like, for example, Coach Cage retiring and Roy Warren's retiring. Jay Wright just left the business. And a lot of people are saying that like a lot of these, these coaches are, are kind of tired of kind of this new era of college basketball with NIL and the transfer portal, having them recruit, honestly, recruit your own guys year after year to kind of stay in, in your program. For you, man, like, what do you think about kind of the state of college basketball right now as far as the transfer portal and NIL? Do you, do you think that these things are, are positive for college basketball? Kind of what's your thoughts on this, the, the, the direction of the game, seeing that you've been around for a while and now, you know, you're, you're kind of taking a step as a head coach into this new era of, of, of the game now? Well, I, I think the first thing is it's not going to change. The transfer portal is going to be what it is. Name, image, and likeness is going to be what it is. So we have to adjust. We have to adjust to it. So, you know, we can we can complain about it and, and say how back in the day and all that, it, we can't do it. We can't, we can't do it. So I think that we got to adjust. We got to reinvent how we recruit uh, because it's not going to change. And I think the biggest part of it is adjust to it, make it the best for you and your program so you can find a way to win. For sure, for sure. Get to the point, Coach. I, I, I lo love your answer, man. And uh, I just want to say thank you again for your time, man. I wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, at, at Alabama State, man. I think, uh, obviously, like I said, man, I'm always rooting for, you know, HBC programs all around the country, man. So um, definitely thank you for your time, Coach. And this has been another episode of Off the Carousel for the 368. See you next time. Appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.